But I enjoy watching sports, I enjoy playing sports, I enjoy anything competitive to be honest. So that was what childhood was like. It was just me and my sister competing at anything. We had a competition for anything. Um, most of my childhood was spent in church. When I wasn't in church, I was in school or we used to swim. Competitively, so then, so then you it was your that. favorite sport was swimming then because i know you say it wasn't good at anything but you was the best at swimming i didn't say i wasn't good at anything all right <laughs> but <laughs> i was probably best at swimming because that is what i spent most of my time doing so right. two to three days a week we would have been in the pool so yeah that was childhood and on weekends we were at church church was the place to be I mean, it was a small family church in Tobago. And yeah, church was a place to be all your friends who were at church. We walked to church. It was close to home. So, you know, it was that whole kind of community vibe. So then you grew up in a home with both parents being Adventists? No, actually. So my father is Christian, but not Adventist. Yeah. So how was that growing up with um, the person who is supposed to be the priest of the home, the person who is considered um, to kind of protect and be that person in charge of the of bringing the family together every Sabbath, him not being Adventist, how was that growing up for you and your sister? Well, you can't miss what you never had. So to us, it was normal because we hadn't known anything else. So for us, it was just he would drop us to church on Sabbath. We would do our thing. We would come home and food would be there because he liked to cook. So he would cook on Saturday. Right. And, you know, it was normal for us. It wasn't strange. I mean, sometimes Friday evening might be a bit tricky because he would be watching sports or something that I might be interested in. And, you know, if you go out by the TV to you know, take a peep, 
you know, you'll get the eye from mommy or stuff like that. But it was normal for us because that was what we knew. So I would say, yeah, it was fine. Well, that's good. Not and I that, I, not that uh -huh. I'm encouraging that. <laughs> I find it very interesting that, um, especially on Sabbath, because I can say for myself as well, the rest of my family is not Adventist. So it can be very easy to get distracted on Friday evenings because everybody be in the living room watching TV. I must have to be in the room trying, you know, not to get distracted by the worldly things. Um, and I must say, in regards to your mom, um, how... She having to make sure that both you and your sister wasn't, you know, you all didn't get distracted on Friday nights or Friday evenings. I think that's very commendable to your mom as well. Um, but I want to ask you, how come or was there any time where, because your father was not Adventist, was there any time where you felt that you kind of drifted away from the Adventist faith or from the church a little bit? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. And just to get back to your Friday night question, uh -huh. we were in the youth choir, the church choir. So Friday night was choir practice. So most times you wouldn't be home on a Friday evening anyhow, because okay. you would go to choir practice at like seven o'clock and not come back till after 11 because, you know, that was just fun and the place to be. So it really wasn't a challenge for us. Um, no, to your second question, um, Christianity and Adventism worked for me. It had all the answers to the questions I had. So there was never any inclination to, to leave per se, because in my view as a child, being Adventist didn't preclude me from doing anything. Um, yeah, we did everything everybody else did. You might miss out on a school fair on Saturday. Right. But that was about it. So that, that I didn't have any problem being Adventist or being Christian. You just know that you stood for a certain set of values and we understood what these values were meant to provide. It was meant to provide stability. It was meant to provide safety. And that was something that we experienced. So we didn't have any reason to question it, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, understood. Um, in regards to... Again, but what I gather from your story, you clearly chose, even though you grew up in the Adventist faith, I would say that you chose Adventist because, I mean, you, you could have chosen not to be Adventist. You could have chosen to take a different route growing up based on being able to be exposed to different aspects of, um, on two different spectrums of religion, I would say, right? Um, I want you to tell me if there was any time at all or... I want you to get a little more personal with me. Was there, and to share with the young persons looking on, right? A time that you would have struggled really, really badly in keeping your faith. And probably at a time you felt that, God, I I'm not too sure about this, you know. And I want you to share with us the experience and how it came out of that um, troubling time or the trial that you were going through. Okay. Um... I don't want to disappoint you, but to say I had a struggle, I really never experienced that. And I want to say that is not that I had a perfect life, but God and I were close. And 
I had many questions. I had a lot of questions. Questions normal young people have. And I used to take these questions to God and thank God for my mother and other figures in the church who used to take the time to answer the questions that young people had. So my church was a very, I would say a very liberal Seventh-day Adventist church. So it was a place where young people could say what they feel and challenge things and people will sit down and give you personal answers, answers in terms of their own lives and also answers from the Bible. So one of the things I struggled with, if you want to use that term, was whether or not God really wanted the best for my life. Like, you know heaven was the place to be after this life, but what about now? So would I be able to enjoy life here now as a Christian? So that was one of the questions I had. Would I be able to, I guess for me, I like to travel. So would I be able to see the world? Would I be able to be successful, I guess, financially, academically, these kinds of things? Because I grew up and you would see people leave the church. They spend all their life in church and then suddenly they left the church to pursue some dream. And I, I started to get the idea that you couldn't be Christian and be successful at the same time. So yeah, that I think was a, a lot question. of young Adventists, um, again, coming into the Adventist faith at the age of 20, I kind of see a lot of Adventists who grew up, they kind of struggle now um, as to which direction they want to go. It's exactly what you said, where you don't know if this God wants the best for you, right? So in what advice you would give to them? I would, I would say, first of all, make friends with God. We have God mm. at, if you have God at arm's length, you can't really experience him. So I remember, well, I grew up in church, so I didn't have this big conversion experience, right? Because I was an Adventist, my mother was an Adventist, her mother and their family were Adventists. So this thing is entrenched in you. Right. So I didn't have this big conversion experience. And I remember when I left Tobago to come to Trinidad for university, I said this big people prayer. I was like, Lord, I really want this personal experience with you. And I wouldn't say I regretted that prayer, but life took a serious turn after that. So the next four years were the best and worst four years of my life. And through those rough experiences, I mean, dealing with school, you're away from home, a lot of foreign influences, relationship challenges, all of those things just made it really challenging. And it was through those times where I was able to go to God with stuff that mattered to me. And he was able to show me through providence, through guidance, that, hey, I could do anything for you. You don't have to you don't have to go outside of my will to get the things that you see everybody else getting. So if it's a house and a car you're interested in, I could give you that. If, if you want a career in a certain field, I could give you that. If you want a certain type of wife, a certain type of girlfriend, she must look a particular way, whatever it is you are into and is not against my will, I could give that to you. And for me, that was my experience, just trusting God and having that personal experience with God. I used to pray for silly things just to test God. Like, God, 
I want to go on a particular type of maxi today, or I want just just things to test God. And he used to answer it. So we had this running joke between me and God. God, you know, I, I want to, I don't know, I want to see this random person today, and you will see them. So, not to trivialize it, but God and I really had a personal relationship. And from that, I was able to, when challenges, challenging times came, I was able to go to God and, you know, really argue with him as, a, as somebody you knew personally. So, yeah, we were really friends. That is not that I didn't cry or you didn't question God. You know, you sit down and I say, God, no, nah, I didn't expect that. I didn't look for the, you know, what is really going on. You, you question God, but my faith was in a place where I, I still knew that God wanted the best for me. So I was never interested in straying too far from him because he had taken care of me up to this point. And I think that is, that is very important for young persons to remember that once it is you know God, he would always provide for you and what it is you need, what not what we want, because we tend to mix up our wants and our needs. And sometimes what we want um, is not the plan God has for us. And that's where we need to trust in him, trust the process that we're going through and know that once this we are obedient, once as we continue to pray with him, pray to him, sorry, talk with him all the time that he would constantly provide for us and i think that the young persons we need to remember that i can for me i would say that sometimes i struggle with that on a daily basis um sometimes i'm not too sure always god what's your plan for me like i'm doing this but you're not giving me what is i asking for and sometimes i really have to step back and think to myself okay sharice he's he brought you through something before he has shown you he has given you things that you've needed before and sometimes you just need to trust that he would continue to do that for you and i've i've seen the flip side i mean we spoke before yeah there were times when i tried to do my own thing uh, a typical thing a relationship i was in a relationship with somebody who i knew probably I should not have been in a relationship with. Yeah. And I know I was trying to convince God that, hey, this is what I want. This is the person I had imagined in my life. But God was saying, hey, you all don't believe the same things. And while it might be nice now, you know, down the road, it could be problematic. And I, you know, I was headstrong, went ahead. And that, that was a journey. I mean... <laughs> Because you could like is. somebody, but not like everything about them or some things about the relationship just not make sense. And because I was convinced or I was, I was hard-headed in wanting my own way, God said, okay, do you think, my friend? And I went down the road, bumped my head, had to go through all the pain, learn all the lessons. You can't skip that step. And then I had to come back humbly to God and say, yes, God, you were right. I did my own thing, got my scars, and you know, I see the error of my way. So that was one of the things that I had to confront and you know, really, that taught me to trust God. It's like, you don't know better than God because I thought I had seen everything I wanted, but there's always stuff that you can't see that you just need to trust God to see for you. That's very true. So from that relationship, right? I know before when this we spoke, um, you told me your views on young people dating in each church, right? So I just want you to share your views with everyone else. What do you think about a young person? They, they at this stage now where they feel they want, they're ready to find love. They're ready to be in a relationship. They're ready to settle down, to get married. Um, 
what is your advice to them trying to find that right person oh well my advice is um don't specialize too early and <laughs> it might sound like the old people but they old for a reason don't don't date people that you're not interested in marrying don't waste people's time don't string people along i mean we watch on we look at tv and you see people having three four five six relationships before they're ready to settle down and all this time all you are doing is collecting baggage that whoever you finally get married to they are going to have to deal with that and that could make your relationship unnecessarily complicated so i didn't do that and so like i have my experience i didn't do that no well i'm just saying i don't recommend it <laughs> all right i don't recommend it um and it could be difficult because, I mean, you're there trying to be friends with everybody and, you know, group dating. Hey, let's all go out. And then you realize one by one, all your friends start to couple off and you're left by yourself. So then you might say, well, let me just get a girlfriend to keep my company so I'm not alone. And you, somebody might be really into you and you might not, that might not be the person you are looking for. And then you end up hurting that person irreparably and sometimes it damages that person's relationship with god because you are advertising yourself as a god-fearing christian and this is what you did to that person you hurt that person and if you are their representative of christ and christianity and christ's love you could damage their relationship with christ so my advice is don't waste people time it might sound kind of radical but if I were to do it again, I would try to, you know, just be intentional. So, yes, you would see a lot of people and you, you like them. But if you know you're not ready to settle down, leave the people girl child alone. Or for the women, leave the people boy child alone. Because we go through a lot of unnecessary stuff that we don't need to. Correct. And I think that while it is, you can learn a lot from dating. I think that we all have... A responsibility i mean it's other people's feelings involved um we definitely need to pray for a spirit of discernment as well um nothing is wrong with I, for me nothing is wrong with dating but i would definitely say or piggyback from what you said <clears throat> we have to be very careful because you pick up a lot of baggage and i think that's where you need to hold yourself accountable um as you said don't waste people's time if you're not ready but the most important part is when it is you're on that journey and you're looking for someone you definitely have to pray for that spirit of discernment you have to know that this is what you want and if this is the right person ask god if this is the right person and when he show you that it's not the right person for you you need to be obedient and um yes that's that's, that's the important part obedience be obedient yes definitely um now I want to go back a little bit from when it is you're growing up and you said that you're exposed to different things um we know that you're married now but at least i know so now everybody else know that you're married now um <laughs> yes so eventually i am assuming you only want to have kids right that's right. the plan right so based on how you grew up do you think that you're going to expose your children to that same that same type of openness or do you think that you'll have them a bit more sheltered from the things that are happening now or from i would say worldly things um i think 
kids need to know how the world works and what is out there and how to handle themselves in that world. So I, I don't think kids should be left to explore the world without guidance and on their own. So in that sense, I would expose my children to what, what, they, what they need to know, expose them as honestly as possible to how the world functions, what the good, the bad, and the indifferent, and through training and the Holy Spirit, you know, you, you equip them to face the world because you always have choices to make. And the more information you have, the better choice you're likely to make. So that would be my approach. I mean, for me, I did not grow up in a Seventh-day Adventist bubble, as some people may grow up in. I've never been to an Adventist school. I've never worked for the church. So I always needed to have that ability to stand on my own. Just last night, Ashan and I were talking about that. So I, I always had a choice to make. So my parents, from very young, gave us that choice to make. So it, when you shelter somebody, there's no choice. You're in my house, you live by my rules, I don't give you, this is what is happening, and you don't, you don't get to make a choice. And when you go out in the world and there are millions of choices, you freak out because you're not, you're not used to making a choice. You don't know why you stand for, what you stand for. So I, I had a lot of practice making a choice. So as the decisions became more and more important, you had experience to go on in terms of making a choice, knowing why you're doing certain things. And I think that was because of the wide amount of experiences I had. Again, because my father wasn't, quote on, wasn't Adventist, we had non-Adventist friends. A lot of the adults around us weren't Adventist, so they didn't have Adventist values. So we heard some things saw some things that some other children may not be exposed to. But it, it wasn't, you know, crazy, right? It wasn't crazy. But it was just not, you know, the pristine Adventist home, as some people would think about it, or the pristine Adventist upbringing. But it was good people, good values, you know. So you saw the range of people, you saw the range of ways of doing things, and you saw that there were consequences to going against what God prescribed. I think that was the value of my upbringing. You saw both sides. So you saw what happened when you did it the Jesus way, as I like to put it. And you saw what happened when you went outside of that. And then you were left to make the choice. You see the results of both and you choose. So the choice was always ours. Now, I really um, appreciate you sharing that because I feel like give hmm, is a very there's a thin line because giving someone a choice to do something, especially young persons, is like we like to say give them a inch and they take a whole yard. So you have to be very careful in finding that balance between you both. And um, as as parents, I mean, I'm not a parent as yet, but I would pray that when it is I do have children, that of course once I raise them a certain way, that you know they will never depart from that. But as it is still very important, of course, to not let them be so sheltered because we can see it now when it is persons are so sheltered, when they get older, they kind of want to explore and do all these different things. And then they kind of delay their blessings that God has for them in their later lives. 
um as but we, let, i just uh-huh. want to add yeah um my parents both mother and father they didn't just leave us to the wolves eh my mother is one right. of my best friends we speak every day we are friends legit friends so it's not a one way thing so there was guidance in all of this and there was support in all of this right so, i think that's very important as well so she didn't just say well i i've i've taught you hey go out into the world we speak every day and she talks to her mother every day so is a generational thing the knowledge the wisdom the prayers is not just you know i've taught you so go is is constant encouragement constant advice because you know young people or younger people seem to think that we know everything they've been there they've done it so if you have that relationship may not be with your parents but just people who have lived life beyond you or have lived more of life than you have lean on them so i have a lot of people tell me i behave like a old man i have a lot of older friends because i mean they have seen this stuff already they know what's coming i figure it's an advantage to get a heads up i mean when you're doing an exam everybody want hint so you'd like to know on the paper having older friends is like knowing what's coming on the test so i generally hang out with people older than me people smarter than me so i could learn from them and my advice would be is to learn as much from people around you younger people older people people who don't believe like you believe get as much knowledge as you can from people around you and you know with your knowledge of Christ make the best decisions agreed omar i want to thank you so much for sharing with us i think that the your story or the experience you'd have had would have learned so much from it of course the option of choice you choosing the life of christ you choosing to be a christian or to just continue following into that path i would say um obedience of course where it is you have to be very obedient in what it is god is telling you to do and not just pray and ask but then when he actually gave you the answer you just you just oh you know what i don't really like that answer you have to be very obedient and i think that as well as the spirits of asking for the spirits of discernment is very important in regards to young persons when it is you're on that journey to finding someone um i think that the spirits of discernment is very important do you have anything else that you would like to share with us before we move on into the next segment Um I just like to encourage persons young and old to trust God. I know it might sound cliche, but God really has your best interest at heart and he's not trying to cramp your style. So tell him what you want, that's fine. But also just understand that if he says no is for a reason, but God really wants you to live your best life. So if you trust him, he will give you that best life that you want don't try to achieve it outside of his will that would be you know my advice to anybody just trust god with your dreams your hopes whatever it is you want be real with him make friends with god first and you know you all have it out but trust that he has your best interest at heart and once you stick with him you'll be good to go Again, thank you so much, Omari. To everyone looking on, we hope that you have enjoyed today's segment with Omari, and we hope that you continue to tune in for the rest of the Sabbath. Make sure and you stay tuned to AY this afternoon as well. Bye, and do enjoy the rest of the day. A place for you at my table. Return to me.